result. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. What is up, sluts and whores? It is me, Mickey Dillon, back for another episode of Pulse Pounding. How is your day going? How was your week? Good. Glad to hear it. Me? How was mine? It was a complete fucking shit fest. But what else is new? I have worked (laughs) two double shifts in a row, 10 to 13 hours. I wanted to kill myself with the most obnoxious, nasty, rude bitch people I've ever encountered. But you know what? We made it through. We made it through. Here I am. I was very exhausted today. I was especially exhausted yesterday when I was driving to work and my eyes were so heavy that I thought to myself, am I going to fall asleep while driving for the first time in my life and crash into a motherfucking pole? Maybe. Am I going to turn around and go home? No, because we have to go to work and make that motherfucking money because who else is going to pay the bills? Not you, bitches. (sighs) So yeah, that was that. Contemplated death (laughs) saw my life flash before my eyes but here we are to record another episode for you i tried to record this this morning and i just was not in the mood i don't nothing good was coming out i oh it was bad it was bad i'm not even gonna listen to that back my cat was also running around the goddamn house okay running around chasing my microphone wire trying to swipe it from me goddamn bastard Good for nothing, goddamn bastard. You don't even have a motherfucking job. Sits around the house all day, sleeps, and then I come home from work and he yawns and stretches like he's had a hard fucking day, okay? I provide food for him. He shits in a box. Who shits in a box? And I gotta clean it up and you have the nerve to yawn and look at me with judgment while I come in the house high after smoking a joint? Who are you to judge me? That reminds me of a story. What doesn't remind me of a motherfucking story? What doesn't remind me of a goddamn story? Ask me that. So, during COVID 2020, when we all got locked in the house, I was obviously producing tons of my Instagram videos because I was so fucking bored. And when we had our viral moment, I had this gentleman (laughs) reach out to me And he was a producer, like a television producer, who was writing a show. Writer, producer, not an actor. (laughs) But he was the writer and producer of this uh, yet-to-be-named television sitcom that he was shopping to ABC, NBC, and CBS, a bunch of primetime networks. He was looking for a primetime network spot. Very old, didn't want to go into the, the streaming Honestly, I don't think he knew that uh, nobody watches cable anymore (laughs) and everything's moving to streaming. This was not a Netflix situation. Anyway, he reached out to me because he was represented by a really huge talent agency. There's like five, I think, major talent agencies in the United States. There's United, there's Paradigm, there's WME. There's more that I don't know the name of, (laughs) but there's like five or six major ones. So he was represented by one of those. And his agent somehow came across one of my videos and apparently they were watching a bunch of them. And he sent me to him and was like, this guy's really funny. I think he would be really good for your project. Uh, You should get in touch with him. And he did. And we were in contact for, I would say, about a year, maybe a little more. And I was super hesitant This is not the point of the story or why I brought this up, but whatever. I was super hesitant because I don't think network television is where I need to be going because my mouth (laughs) is fucking reckless. And do you see the people on those shows? Do I look like a this is us type of bitch to you? Do I look like I'm going to be sitting on Ellen with my legs and hands crossed all prim and proper, okay, and polished? No, that's not me, motherfucker. So I had reservations from the start. But when an opportunity like that presents itself, you don't immediately say no. So anyway, there was a lot of shit that happened with that. They started to, like, write this character around me for the show. A lot of ideas were super corny. And I ended up in the end, I'll leave out the rest of the fucking details. I ended up in the end um, deciding that I didn't like him. (laughs) That's a story for another time. And I didn't like the project and I didn't like the idea of network television. So I made the decision that I'm not just going to do something 
that doesn't feel right because the money's great. I'd rather take my time and take the slow route and try to find the right situation. And you know what? If it ends up being nothing. (laughs) I've had so many this is it moments in my life where like a huge opportunity presents itself and I'm like, this is it. This is the one. This is the big break. And it has not fucking been yet. So let's hope ahead for the future. Anyway, so this guy decided that he wanted to be my personal manager. And I was not fucking about to have that because he was too old and out of touch. Sorry, call me an ageist, whatever. He was too out of touch. He wanted to do things like this was fucking 1968, okay? And he would tell me these things about my videos, things he liked and things he didn't. And one time he was like, oh, you know, you really shouldn't say these uh, disparaging comments towards your cat because people are really sensitive about animals. People will not like that. And, you know, things bad things could come from that. Excuse me, bitch. What? What are you talking about? I did not get on a video and say... I want to slice my cat open and turn him into some motherfucking stew, okay? I did not bury him alive in the backyard like sometimes I want to but would never do when he pisses me the fuck off. What are you talking about? Are you from goddamn PETA? I, I, don't under, I didn't understand what was going on here. So that just reminded me of that because I made a joke about my cat and his box and his no job and his lazy having ass, okay? Sitting around taking up my space and my electricity in the place that I pay rent for and does not a goddamn thing okay can't even feed himself but I just thought that was so funny he was like you can't say these bad things about your cat I'm like what that he knocked over the fucking coffee and it spilled all over the floor and I had to sweep it up and he's a freeloader that's animal abuse okay old man Okay, let's get all the way down into the business, all right? Let's get right into it. So, week was shit. My week was shit. Fuck work. Fuck having a job. Fuck having to go somewhere to make money that you can't fucking stand, because I can't stand it. Fuck it. Today, my day off, was the day that I was supposed to go to Christine Quinn's book signing in New York City. Love Christine Quinn. Love Selling Sunset. I've already talked about that shit enough, okay? So, I saw just the other day, coming up on my suggested events that Christine Quinn was doing a goddamn book signing in New York City, and the tickets were $27 in. Let's go, okay? Bought a ticket, worked out perfectly on my day off. Last night, the night before, I get an email. Whenever you go to these events, first off, I'm not a meet-and-greet purchasing-ass bitch, okay? I don't buy tickets to fucking meet people. I will stalk you on the street. I will stand outside your event, and I will fucking find you, okay? That's how I met Nicki Minaj. That's how I met Sam Smith. That's how I've met quite a few people. Mariah, the queen of the music industry herself, okay? That's how I fucking do that shit. I am not a ticket-buying-ass bitch for meet and greets. However, I made an exception for Christine Quinn's book signing. Bought the ticket. I get an email last night because you always get an email 24 to 48 hours ahead of these events giving you the guidelines and the rundown and the bullshit and whatever else, okay? I get this lengthy email discussing exactly how this event is going to go. So among the stupidest Questions answered in this email, such as, when will the event take place? What happens if I arrive after 6.30 p.m., which is goddamn motherfucking late? Where is my ticket? What does admission include? Can I join the line if I haven't purchased a book? Does my child need a ticket? They're covering their bases for all the stupid-ass questions. Are people really calling and asking these dumb-ass questions? One of the questions that they answer in this email is... What if I get bored, hungry, etc., and leave the line? Did you not go into the fucking event, you dumbass bitch? What kind of... What are you talking about? This is unbelievable. The amount of precautions that they need to take to avoid answering ridiculous questions really is unbelievable to me. Okay, so within this email, it says, Admission includes one signed copy of Christine Quinn's How to Be a Boss Bitch, because that is the title of her fucking book, as it should be. And a meet-and-greet photo op with Christine, in parentheses, masks on. So you're telling me, I'm all, I, I understand safety, I understand precautions, but you're telling me that in this photo, myself and Christine Quinn will be wearing our masks. That could be any other Los Angeles blonde 
bitch under that mask, okay? You're telling me in the photo we're going to be masked. I am already checked out at this point. However, let's continue. Christine will personalize books included with your admission and pose for photos. Photos will be taken with the customer's device by a bookseller and with Christine behind a plastic partition. Excuse me, what? You're telling me that I'm going to go to this event. Now, I understand this is, it was only $27. You're telling me I'm going to go to this event to have my book signed and take a picture with my bitch while we are both wearing masks and she is standing behind a fucking shower curtain? You are asking me to show up to this event to get a picture with Christine Quinn acting as the Wizard of Oz, okay? The woman behind the curtain. Give me a goddamn break. So I am already out at this point. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not going. However, yesterday there was an event in New Jersey and I saw some pictures and I saw some videos of people meeting her. She is hugging up on them. She's all up in their shit. Nobody's wearing masks. And I said, Jersey, what's going on in the dirty jersey? So I messaged some of the people that were reposted on her story and I said, hey, bitches, let me in on some intel. Did you get this weird ass email? Did you get this weird email about the protocols for the book signing event? And two of them responded and said, mm, no, we didn't get any weird shit like that. That's bizarre. So I'm like, that's it. I'm not fucking going. I'm not fucking going. Because I'm thinking to myself, this must be a New York City specific. Because the wacky shit that goes on in New York City with these goddamn motherfuckers, okay? This must be some wacky Manhattan shit in this goddamn bookstore, okay, full of vegans and lesbians where everything is rainbows and smiles and happiness and everyone's concerned for each other, okay? Have this bitch walking in here to stand behind a goddamn shower curtain for pictures, okay? What kind of shower curtain is it? Is it frosted? Are we even going to be able to see that it's her? I'm very confused. So I said to myself, I don't think I'm going. What's going to happen, okay? So I wake up today, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going. I'm going. I have faith that my bitch, Christine Quinn, it will show up, see the shower curtain, and say, mm, I'm good. No thanks. Okay? That's what I had faith in. Then I'm scrolling through my Instagram, and I see a weather alert for New York City that between four or three, I don't know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, something like that. There is a severe thunderstorm warning. There are going to be severe thunderstorms with 60 mile an hour winds and potentially tornadoes. <laughs> Excuse me, bitch, what? Tornadoes in motherfucking New York City? No, I'm out. So I made the decision at this point that I am not fucking going to this goddamn event to stand behind a shower curtain with several masks on, okay? I am not going to this goddamn event in a thunderstorm with tornadoes and 60 mile an hour winds. So I start calling the store to see if somehow I'm allowed to still get my signed book that I paid for. Um, and nobody answers the phone. In the email, it says I can pick it up. And then it gives me a phone number with an extension, which is the phone number I just called. However, if you don't have an extension, they direct you to an email and then hang up on you. Because everyone's dying to call the motherfucking bookstore all day and night. How many phone calls are you fielding at the information desk of the bookstore all day? Okay? That you need to avoid them and have everything sent in an email then when i read the email from the bookstore about the event it tells me if i want to have my book shipped i can call this number and put in this extension which is 420 <laughs> i put in extension 420 i get a voicemail for tyler okay the customer service manager of the strand bookstore in new york city one of the most famous bookstores in new york city okay Tyler instructs me on his voicemail message to leave a message with my name, my order number, my phone number, and the reason why I'm fucking calling, okay? So I am preparing to do so, thinking in my head, here's what I'm going to say, get this out quickly. And then the operator automated bitch, yeah, you remember that bitch? You remember when you would call the operator? It was like the old version of Siri, and she was like, hello, how may I assist you? Yeah, that's like first world, first generation Siri, okay? This bitch gets on the phone and says, if you would like to hear this message again, please press any key. And me in my head, I'm thinking, don't touch the fucking phone because obviously if you don't touch the phone, there's going to be a beep for you to leave a message. Nope. 
the message rolls right back around. So I'm like, fuck, what button did I hit? What did I do? I'm stoned. I don't know what the fuck is going on here. After three times of not touching the button and the message rolling around, I fucking hung up because I felt like I was in the goddamn Twilight Zone, okay? Tyler from The Strand on his automated message kept telling me to leave a goddamn message after the tone, but there was never a tone. I just went in goddamn circles listening to his voice repeat the same message and instructions, and I felt like I was in hell. So I gave up. Will I get the book? I don't know. I'm going to the city on Thursday. I'm going to try to pick it up. If I never see it again, it is what it is. Okay? It is what it is. Later on this evening, I started looking for pictures from the event. Now I'm a curious ass bitch. Did she stand behind a shower curtain? I need to know. I see the picture. She did not stand behind a shower curtain. People are not wearing masks in the pictures, but you know what she's doing? She's sitting on her ass behind a desk, okay? Yesterday's event, she was up. She was shaking her tits. She was partying, okay? She was rubbing up on people. Today, she's sitting behind a desk, and you are standing on the other side of it to take the picture. I am not a desk selfie ass bitch, okay? You're going to have to get up out of your seat and come around, or I will come to you, and we are going to have to stand next to each other to take a picture i am not a desk selfie ass bitch so in conclusion love christine quinn to death that has not changed however point number two super glad i didn't go before i decided that i wasn't fucking going i went to get a haircut today all right i had to look fresh for my bitch i wasn't gonna stand next to christine quinn looking like a raggedy ass bitch so i got a haircut i dropped off some of my clothes that i wanted to donate to the goddamn salvation army because i had to get rid of, i had to get rid of shit it had to go i couldn't take it anymore then i decided to walk in there and browse around because you know what occasionally in the thrift store you're gonna find an expensive ass vintage jacket that someone decided they just wanted to rid themselves of okay and give to the less fortunate so they feel good about their xanax habit <laughs> that they under the table pay their doctor for by blowjobs uh, allegedly conspiracy theory i cannot prove okay but you know what if your husband is banging his secretary at his company his pharmaceutical company okay you might as well blow the hot doctor so good for you bitch but you will find some shit that they gave away to feel better about themselves that is an unbelievable find and it's usually ten dollars or less okay so i'm looking around and i find myself a nice cute little calvin klein army green overshirt and then i find another cute calvin klein oversized long sleeve t-shirt with a cute little pattern i'm like i'm wearing that then i go downstairs and i find these dope black combat boots every piece of clothing was five dollars and the shoes were 15 i walked out of there with a brand new goddamn outfit for 35 dollars. so i came home i got dressed i put my outfit on and i did jim carrey in the grinch i looked in the mirror i said "Ooh." Ah, that's it. I'm not going, okay? Not going to stand in the thunderstorm in my brand new thrift store outfit with my brand new haircut. Not happening. However, the point of this story is that while I was at the Salvation Army, I had a motherfucking moral crisis. You know why? I walked upstairs to the clothing department after I had gone around the back and dropped off the clothing that I was donating, to which I was greeted by the man who was loading the truck, and then had a 15-minute conversation. <laughs> why do I talk to everyone? I don't understand why I engage with people who start talking to me. Why do I do this to myself? Though It was a pleasant conversation, but the whole time I was like, I got shit to do. I got to get the fuck out of here. But what did I do? I stood there and I talked to him about literal bullshit, about his life of delivering stuff for the Salvation Army. Why? Why did I do? Whatever. Anyway, I then directly walk into the store and upstairs to the clothing department and there is no one up there. I am the only one on the second floor besides the lady that works there and then she shortly leaves. As I'm walking towards the stairs to go back down with my new used clothing, <laughs> I see money on the floor. I pick it up. It's $40. $40 is going to buy my entire thrift store outfit experience and then some extra five dollars to be precise okay i had a moral crisis i went downstairs called my best friend and snuck into the corner okay i had the phone to my ear and i was looking back and forth either way over my shoulder to see if anyone was around like 40 dollars like i had some big fucking secret like i had the nuclear codes for the united states of america 
to ask my best friend what I should do morally? Am I A, supposed to keep the $40? Am I B, supposed to ask around to the people around me and say, did you lose $40? Or am I supposed to C, bring it up to the front desk and say, I found $40. (laughs) Can you please try to return this to its rightful owner? Because I am a fucking shithole, okay? I have a moral compass, and I am proud of it. I am proud that I am a good person who thinks about consequences. However, it is a gift and a curse. It is a curse because I am so fucking psychotic that I believe in my mind if I don't try to return this $40 and I take it for my selfish-ass self, okay? Whatever happens to me that's bad in the next fucking week or six months, I'm going to tell myself it's because... I picked up that $40 off the floor and took it and spent it and didn't try to give it back, okay? What if that is someone's last $40 that they have and they were going to spend it on their children and they come back hyperventilating, screaming and crying, looking for their $40 and the goddamn cashier doesn't have it because me, Mickey Not the Mouse, selfish ass bitch spent it on some new used clothing and a fucking pair of boots that I didn't need. What kind of piece of shit would I be? This is what I'm thinking to myself in the fucking Salvation Army. So much so that I had to call my best friend and consult with her on what to do. Then I'm thinking to myself, what if I give them back the money at the goddamn cash register and that bitch just pockets it? Well, if that bitch is going to pocket it, I should just pocket it. And if I walk up to some random motherfucker in the goddamn Salvation Army and say, excuse me, did you drop $40? Of course they're going to say yes. Of course they're going to say yes. If someone walked up to you and said, did you lose $40 and was holding it in their hand, you'd be like, thanks a lot, bitch. See you later. That's my money. So what did I do? I kept it and I spent it on the stuff that I bought from the goddamn Salvation Army. And if I die in a house fire sometime in the next few weeks, I want everyone to know it's because I didn't give back the $40. I will have lost my life over 40 goddamn dollars and a couple articles of clothing that I did not fucking need and weren't even brand new. Did I look really cute tonight when I went to dinner with my boyfriend instead of going to the city? Absolutely. Did I enjoy some authentic Mexican food, some goddamn queso and chips in my motherfucking new old used thrift store outfit? Yes, I looked really cute. I looked great. Good for me. However, was it worth the fiery death that may ensue as goddamn karma? Absolutely the fuck not. Cheaters are the worst fucking people in the world, okay? If you cheat on people, you're a fucking loser. If you're unhappy, just leave. Thank you. Goodbye. I, one time, as a young teenager, man, I think I was like 19, no, I was like 21. 20, 21, 22. Hmm. I don't know. It was after my breakup. 22? Let's say 22. Who gives a fuck? I was a young idiot, and there was this man who I had worked with who was very handsome, And very not gay, except for he was. (laughs) But you wouldn't think it, okay? And he had a girlfriend, and he was all up in my phone, okay? Texting me the nastiest, dirtiest shit, sending dick pics, trying to get all up in my business. And I was like, no, sir, no, thank you. And he had a fucking girlfriend, and I was like, I cannot be doing shit like that. That is disgusting, That is a terrible person. You are not allowed to do that. And you know what I fucking did? I did it anyway. Three times. Three times I did it anyway. Very close together. It was like fucking a couple days in a row. Anyway, for the literal (laughs) eight, nine years that has passed, every fucking time I get a flat tire, I run over a pothole, something bad happens to me, I have a bad day. I'm like, this is because that one time nine years ago, I hooked up with that guy that had a girlfriend. That's how fucking sick in the head I am. I still think I'm being paid back. (laughs) For that bullshit that happened nine years ago. Meanwhile, I know people who blow and go on everyone else's man, okay? And they are living their best fucking lives. Last night I bought tickets to see The weekend. My brother and I love The weekend. We love him so much. I am so excited. I cannot wait for this fucking tour. I cannot wait to hear these two albums worth of shit live. However, we are going to Philadelphia. Why? Because New York is a piece of shit as much as I love it. 
New York sold out. Well, they keep playing these games with me, you know? It's MetLife Stadium. It's technically New Jersey, but they list it in places as New York. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's not New York. Whatever. Anyway, MetLife's weekend show sold out so fucking fast and I don't understand this ticket resale shit in all seriousness. I don't know why there hasn't been, of all the dumb shit they want to play lawmaker with, okay? Let's not even talk about the fact that they just legalized weed, but then they outlawed, to some degree, Delta 8. That makes a lot of fucking sense. That makes a lot of sense. And it's very hush, hush, quiet, quiet. If I, you look it up, you can only find an article or two about it, okay? What's going on in goddamn New York State? What are we doing here? You would think they would set some sort of law to not have people's wallets raped, okay? So that people couldn't resell tickets for X amount over face value, okay? If the ticket costs $200 and you're letting all these people buy them up with goddamn robots, these ticket broker ass bitches, okay? Why are we allowing that? Because now they are pricing the $200 ticket at $600 and they are pricing the $800 ticket at up to four times the price. Do you know a goddamn front row ticket on resale is like $8,000? I don't know how much it cost originally, but it couldn't have been more than a grand tops. And I think it was less expensive than that. Eight, who's paying $8,000? Do you know one time I went to the Mariah Carey Christmas show in 2019? <laughs> Listen to this shit. I went to the Mariah Carey Christmas show in December of 2019, right before the world ended. She always plays it at the Beacon Theater. There's always one on December 5th, my birthday, and I go every fucking year for like five years. This is the 25th anniversary of her Christmas album, and she plays it at Madison Square Garden. She does a arenas i go twice once i go at mohican sun with my best friend have the fucking weekend of my life and then i go to the one at madison square garden by myself because i'm like if mariah carey's gonna sell out madison square garden i gotta fucking be there for that right so i'm looking on StubHub on the way because i got into this new habit of i would screenshot my ticket on my phone and then i would do some fucking editing magic and i would go on StubHub five minutes before the show started and I would see what tickets better seats were still available and I would do my photo editing shit and change the numbers and I was already in so they weren't going to scan my ticket again they were just going to look at my ticket to make sure I was in the right section so there was a ticket that I was eyeing the whole train ride into the city it was front row center one ticket and it was 4500 I was like, these bitches is crazy. Nobody is buying this resale ticket for four grand one hour before the show. Lo and behold, I get to my seat. I look. The show's about to start. It's about 20 minutes out. The ticket is still for sale. I get on my phone. I do my editing magic. And I'm like, put on your game face. Act like you belong. It's so easy to get where you shouldn't be if you just look the part and act right. Not every time, but most times you just look the part and you act right. And you pretend you're on the phone and you walk quickly as if you are important and very busy and cannot be bothered. I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, it works. That's how I've gotten backstage places I don't belong. That's how I got into Fashion Week where I didn't belong. I just pretend I'm on the phone. I walk behind other people and I act like I belong there. And most people will believe it. So I edit my ticket, my seat numbers, and I walk down to the floor. I flash and I run. Well, I don't run. I walk briskly. I, there's like on the floor, at least at that show, there's like four people you have to get through. On the floor to get to the front row, there's like four different security guards or ushers, whatever they are, that you got to get through to get to your seat. I fucking plow through all of them and all of a sudden, I am front row and center at Mariah Carey's Christmas show, Madison Square Garden. One two, three months, three months, unknowingly three months before the whole fucking world ends. Little did I know this would be my last hurrah. What a perfect place. I'm sitting in my seat. I'm talking to the super fans, the lambs, if you will. That's what they're called. The super Mariah Carey fans that I don't understand what they do for a living. Okay. I follow this one bitch. She followed her on her entire caution tour in 2018. And she was literally first, second or third row every single night. What do you do for a living? What do you do for a living that you can afford to fly around the United States and sit front row every night at Mariah Carey's concert? 
How does one do so? Don't you have to go to work? Are you using all your sick days? How many do you have? It doesn't make any sense to me. However, I'm sitting in my seat. I'm talking to the super fans, some of which I had met on Instagram years prior. I'm looking up and it's like minutes to showtime, right? The curtain comes up, the lights go dark, and there is my angel, my living angel Mariah Carey, my imaginary friend when I was five years old. Most people make up one. It's fake. Mine was Mariah Carey. She was in my living room. We used to do restaurant dinners in my living room. That was my imaginary friend, Mariah Carey, okay? And she, in my mind, she was always wearing the fantasy outfit on the boardwalk with the crop top sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm staring up at her front row and center. I'm taking videos. I'm like, let me take a couple videos. Let me take a couple pictures and let me put my phone away and enjoy this moment, okay? I looked over and there's some fans. They all kind of left their seats and they're just standing in like a big pile in the front row. And I'm like, hmm, I should go over there and join that dance party. It's like a big mob. Why I didn't listen to myself in that moment is beyond me. Because four songs into the concert, who comes plopping her ass towards my seat with a ticket usher, but some Paris Hilton wannabe ass bitch, okay? She was in a Zara sparkly dress looking like the goddamn New Year's Eve ball. The blonde hair on her head did not belong to her, okay? I don't know if it was a weave. I don't know if it was extensions. I don't know if she cut it off her poodle before she decided to spend $4,500 on a ticket to get their four songs late with a sign that says, I love Mariah Carey. This is a grown woman. She was anywhere from 27 to 30. This is a grown-ass woman with a sign that she drew with markers that says, I love Mariah Carey, like this is goddamn 2002. Who brings a sign to a concert anymore, much less a goddamn Christmas concert, which is essentially church. When you are listening to Mariah Carey sing the Christmas music, it's basically church. I had a light-up tambourine. I was tambourining along to the black choir, okay, singing about Jesus. Me, me, of all people, Jesus, Jesus, what a wonderful child, okay, me. And I'm interrupted by this bitch who looks like she's going to the goddamn New Year's Eve party at Applebee's telling me you're in my fucking seat. Excuse me, bitch, what? Back up, number one, okay? You don't know that this is your seat, you crazy ass bitch, but it is your seat. I can take you no types of serious in your sparkly dress, okay? They look like they're gonna drop you from fucking Times Square and yell Happy New Year, but whatever. She looked like the sparkly Christmas balls that I got from Target to put on my tree. She looked like goddamn tinsel. This blue-haired, probably vegan, Usher is very upset, okay? She's trying to figure out who the seat belongs to. I'm showing my ticket. She's like, that's not a real ticket. That's a screenshot. I'm trying to think of a lie. I'm not a good liar. I come up with this idea to tell her that my phone has no service, okay? So while I'm telling her that my phone has no service, I am clicking the button where you disconnect your cell service. Not airplane mode. The one where you completely turn off your fucking... <laughs> cellular service and I'm telling her that I had no service and I screenshotted my ticket when I walked in because I knew I wouldn't have service here because I didn't have service in Madison Square Garden the last concert I went to and I specifically asked them if it would be okay for me to show my screenshot since I wouldn't have service and they wouldn't allow me to get on any Wi-Fi to get to my seat and they said it was fine she is not buying my bullshit rightfully so that was a stupid ass story it sounded good when it was coming out and New Year's Eve ball dress is freaking the fuck out okay she looks like one of those pillows where you run your hand across it and one side is sequence and then when you run it the other way it's a picture of you and your fucking cat that your grandma got you for Christmas fucking weird ass bitch I am losing my mind at this point okay and now this bitch is going to assume my seat which is hers <laughs> because she's a fucking idiot and she paid $4,500 to come see Mariah Carey four songs late. Lo and behold, they put me in this weird-ass section next to the stage with the rest of the island of the misfit toys that had some kind of situation, all right? But at least I didn't get kicked out. I did have a real ticket. That's how I got in. I had a real seat. It just wasn't the one I wanted. Anyway, I enjoyed the rest of the show. It was beautiful. But I was last night thinking I have quite a concert season planned. We now have the weekend. I'm going to see Rufus Dussault next month. My absolute favorites. And it reminded me of my first time seeing them, which was, I believe, in 2016. Yeah. 
So my best friend Rachel and I had planned to go see Rihanna for the anti-world tour. Anti, anti, well, how did we bend to pronounce? I don't fucking know. Anyway, it was bitch better have my money and it was work and it was great. <laughs> so we plan to go to the Prudential Center weeks before somebody at my old job turns me on to Rufus Dussault. Their second album, Bloom, had just come out. And I loved them from the jump. I was heavy into smoking back then. I know I talk about smoking a lot on the podcast, but I really don't smoke like I did when I was 22. It's it's not the, it's not the same. I just happened to get high <laughs> the day prior to recording this. So I loved the music. I loved it. I loved it even more because I was smoking weed and it was like chill house. <laughs> I was like, yo, I found this band. I love them. They're playing at Webster Hall, and Webster Hall is mine and Rachel's spot. We have been to so many concerts at Webster Hall since we were teenagers. We would sit out there online for like fucking seven, eight hours. I would drag everybody to be in the front row at whatever concert we were at. And I was like, it's at Webster Hall. That's our spot. I love them. We have to go. We were like, great, let's make a weekend out of it. So we go to Webster Hall at like nine o'clock the show is supposed to start at like 9 30 we're in like a dance party 90s themed something downstairs waiting for them to call us up to the actual venue which is upstairs from the club something happened with chase because chase is always a fucking piece of shit okay chase is always a goddamn nightmare they're always trying to shut your shit off for fraud okay i bought the weekend tickets last night on my own Ticketmaster account with my card that i have had this Ticketmaster account for at least fucking five years i it denied me and i get a fucking text from chase that says Ticketmaster, we we think this is fraud bitch what are you talking about how many concert tickets have i bought with that card number from Ticketmaster? the same account in the past five years you think all of a sudden this one is fraud you think me going to the weekend is fraudulent suck my dick how about that chase anyway the night of this rufus concert in 2016 chase had shut off rachel's card so we oh, what a blur we're outside drunk <laughs> at 23 i think we were Screaming a chase on the phone, trying to get this card unlocked so we could buy more drinks. <laughs> what a fucking disaster. What a great night. One of the literal best nights of my life. I didn't even know that they were going to go on at 1.30 in the morning. All of a sudden, we were like, <laughs> it's 1.10 and they're not on yet. We met this awesome couple. And we were standing all the way in the side of the room on like this little lip ledge so we could see over the entire crowd to the stage on the side. And we were just smoking joint after joint after joint inside and no one said a word to us. We left there. God, it had to be like 3 a.m. We drove all the way back to Connecticut to Rachel's apartment for her to go to her morning shift at work to then get ready and drive to New Jersey to go see Rihanna. We go to the Prudential Center to see Rihanna. We get to our seats and everyone is smoking weed. We're talking to the people next to us. We're talking to the people on the other side of us. We're talking to the people in front of us. We're all starting a fucking party, okay? Every single person anywhere I can look has a goddamn blunt lit in their hand and the lights aren't even off yet. The show hasn't even started. I'm like, this is crazy. What goes on at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey? This is my vibe. Let's get high. The concert starts. We're a few songs in. I light my blunt. We're passing it back and forth. We're getting a little stoned. Somebody taps me on the shoulder next to me and I turn and I look at them and at this point I'm super stoned and they're pointing towards the aisle and I look over and there's literally six Prudential Center <laughs> security guards standing in the aisle staring at me, waving at me, telling me to come here. So I immediately put the blunt on the floor and step on it because you ain't going to fucking catch me lacking. I walk over and they are escorting me out into the hallway. I'm they're all talking to me. I'm very confused because I am high as shit. Rachel's following behind me. We get into the hallway and she's like arguing with them about not kicking us out. I'm like kicked out. Every single person inside this venue is smoking and high as shit. Why on God's earth have you decided that we are the people who are getting kicked? It was very confusing to me. Whatever, I was in no position to argue. I was high. So she's arguing with this bald-ass man, and he <laughs> looks at her and goes, Do you want to go with them? 
and this is my bitch, my ride or die ass bitch. She looks at him and goes, yes, yes, I do. And he said, good, let's go. He brings us to some sort of management of the Prudential Center. This man in a very nice suit. I don't know if he's the head of security. I don't know if he's management for the venue. But he walks us up to him, all six of them, like you needed six of you to take me out, okay? At that time, I was all of 150 pounds at 5'8". You need six people to take me out for taking a little puff puff pass? Give me a fucking break. Goodbye. He walks us up to the security guard, and they start telling him why they took us out, because we were smoking weed. And the security guard literally looks at them and says, are you kidding me? Take them back to their seats. And this little bald-ass, nasty-ass motherfucking bitch had to escort us back to our seats. Thank God for his life that all we missed was Umbrella, because who cares about that goddamn song? I did not pay $500 for those two tickets to miss anything of importance or get kicked out for getting a little stoned at Rihanna of all places, okay? Sit the fuck down, sir. So anyway, that memory really sparked my excitement for this concert season. We've got Rufus Dussault in June. We've got the weekend in July in Philadelphia because New York is trying to rape our wallets. We've got Bree Runway this Thursday. When you hear this episode on Wednesday, I will be in my living room with my headphones on and my fucking disco party light from Amazon dropping my ass on the floor to my Bree Runway playlist in preparation for the show in New York City the next night. I am going to shut it down in the front row, okay? I don't care if I got to get there on Wednesday morning to be up front for Thursday night. I am going to feel my bitch sweat all over me when she whips that hair around. Don't fucking play with me. I am here for a good time, not a long time. I will be on that bar, on the gate that holds the crowd away. Dropping that ass. Dropping that ass on the floor. I will be making sure that I wear jeans that stretch so I don't split them. Because my ass will be so far down on the floor, it'll basically be in the basement. Don't fucking play games with me, Brie Runway. I'm here to party. Let's go. I'm so excited I could throw up. Have you ever been so excited for something that you could just throw up all over the floor in excitement? That's me. In other music news, we have new shit incoming, new shit dropping from Thay, Drew Love and Dante Jones. You have heard Drew Love on some of your favorite features with the Chainsmokers and GEZ. You have heard Dante Jones produce some of your favorite music, such as the Alina Baraz album. And together, my boys make they. They've got new shit coming. They've been teasing it all over TikTok, all over Instagram. They've been shooting videos. I'm assuming the photo shoots were album shoots. Something is coming. They are one of my favorite groups. They make some of my favorite R&B music. If you have not heard of them, make sure you get on your streaming service and look up they. Pop in and stream some of their shit because they are making some of the most excellent R&B music in forever, all right? Make sure you get into that. Make sure you're following them on Instagram. Make sure you're following them on your streaming service. There's some kind of text update shit going on that I'm like tapped into <laughs> with updates. There is a pre-save coming for a single, which means an album and an era is not far behind. So make sure you are paying attention to whatever they are doing. <laughs> it's funny when you say they because they're they. You know what I mean? Ah. <laughs> This is an emergency breaking news update, okay? We need some breaking news emergency music for this fucking podcast. This is a pulse pounding, not exclusive, because everyone who is on <laughs> the text message list for they has this information as soon as I press stop record, literally within two minutes of pressing stop record on my way to goddamn 7-Eleven before I edit, I got a text with a pre-save link for the new single, Blue Moon, this Friday. So get on your fucking streaming app. I don't care if it's Spotify, Apple, whatever the fuck shit you're on. You better pre-save 
Blue Moon by they, stream that shit on Friday. We need to get these numbers up so they drop the album faster because I need a project. Let's fucking go. Okay, I want to get into this Jack Harlow shit real quick, okay? I rarely touch the topic of race, racism specifically, because I understand racism through how it's explained to me, through stories of people's experiences, through things I've seen firsthand. But of course, I'm not going to understand it from a firsthand perspective from it happening to me. You know what I mean? I've had different experiences with some discrimination, let's call it, you know, some nasty shit that's been said and done to me for different reasons. So I feel like I can relate a little bit, but not in the same way. It's different. So with that being said, walk with me here. Okay. Let's get through the story of what happened. And then I'm going to tell you what my opinion is. All right. So Jack Harlow puts out his album to extremely poor reviews. I mean, I liked the single with the Fergie sample. I love when a sample is well done. I thought the sample was well done. I thought the song was catchy. I like the song with Pharrell. Don't remember what it's called, but I love it. It's because it's produced by Pharrell. Everything he touches is gold. The Jack Harlow album is really popular with the young white bitches on TikTok. Um, It's not getting great reception critically. I think it's kind of safe, bland. I don't think it's anything spectacular. He's a likable person. There's something about him that I like. I'm not sure why everyone wants to fuck him. Um, but whatever, to each their own. So Jack Harlow goes to the Kentucky Derby with Drake. He's very excited because he's from Kentucky. He is there to experience it as a newly rich, popular man. He's there with Drake because they are friends and they are also shooting a music video for their collab on his album. Okay, Jack Harlow gets into some hot water here at the Kentucky Derby. Now, I'm on Snapchat today. I'm not on Snapchat often. You know why? Because I fucking deleted Snapchat because it's goddamn stupid. And if I want to send you a fucking picture, I'll text you a fucking picture. Or I'll DM you on Instagram and send you a fucking picture, okay? I don't need to send you a disappearing picture of any bullshit on Snapchat, okay? That is ridiculous. I deleted Snapchat for a good year, I would say. The only reason I got it back is because my little brother was crying to me that I couldn't see his private stories, even though he could just text me a picture so I got it back and I deleted all but maybe 10 friends on Snapchat because I don't fucking care what you're doing on there all right I don't give a fuck after I re-downloaded Snapchat at my little brother's request he decided he was going to take a fucking social media break okay and logged off his Snapchat for a good month what a piece of shit very rude so anyway I was on Snapchat today and I was scrolling through the they have like pop culture news accounts that give you these brief stories of what's going on, right? Jack Harlow is at the Kentucky Derby, and he's wearing like a tan, white, off-white suit and black dress shoes. And he did not prepare for the fact that it's muddy and gross, and you don't want to wear nice shoes. Apparently, a lot of people put bags over their shoes. That's fucking tacky. I just won't step out onto the mud. I won't even go at that point for these bitches to wear their stupid hats and drink their mint juleps. No, thank you. Goodbye. Jack Harlow has all of his security around him, okay? His hired security, personal security. I don't believe they belong to the event. A short video is uploaded somewhere. It's all over everywhere now. It's on Twitter, it's on YouTube, it's on Instagram. Apparently it's on Snapchat. These people are reporting on it because it's big fucking news. The video is everywhere. It's very short. It's like 15 seconds. He is being carried one arm over each of two security guards and they are carrying him across the mud. They have decided that because his two security guards are black guys, that this is racist And they are making slavery references. And I think that the people who are leaving these comments and acting as though this is so outrageous are the despicable ones. What the fuck is wrong with you? What even makes you think that in your head? Okay, that's number one. So this person tweeted, which was then reported on what what is this? It's called Pink News on Snapchat. Well, I don't take anything seriously that comes from a news source called Pink. Pink News. No, thank you. Goodbye. They added this tweet to their story 
Okay, the person who tweeted this, they covered their at name. However, <laughs> their headline above their name, you know how on Instagram and Twitter now you have your at and then you can have like another name that shows up as your primary name. Theirs is vaxxed and boosted AF. <laughs> Listen, I got the vaccine. I'm not against the vaccine. But these people who need to post it in their fucking bio <laughs> on their social media, you're a bunch of fucking losers. So I already know what kind of person you are, and I take nothing that you say seriously. I take you no types of serious. This person, I don't know what their gender is, says, this is so offensive. I can't believe you tweeted this. Okay, vexed and boosted AF. Here Here's what bothers me, okay? The clips that are circulating around the internet is not the full clip. The clip that has been shown on this quote-unquote news outlet, I use the term news lightly, very gently, very cautiously. Okay, they posted an even shorter clip of the 15-second video. They cut the 15-second video to just show him being carried by these two men and to push the narrative that this is racist but if they had shown the full 15 second clip they would see that the gentlemen who are carrying him which is his security are laughing and they are having some sort of exchange where they're talking to each other which you can't hear in the video because they're too far away but they are all cracking up laughing at the fact that they have to carry him over the mud because he didn't prepare properly with his shoe choice so if the guys who are doing the job are finding it comical why are you sitting in your mom's basement, outraged, throwing out these comments about who's a racist and who... It bothers me because in situations where people are really acting in a way that is disgusting, they're not held accountable, correct? Do you know what I mean? Now you're making the people who don't recognize that there's still a race issue in this country that don't think that any of that is still going on and try to act like that's something of the past, now you're letting them think that they have a leg to stand on because this is so ridiculous and so clearly not the problem that you make them more comfortable because they're all sitting around going, oh, look how ridiculous this is. They'll make anything racist. You know what I mean? You're just discrediting the real problems that people face in that aspect. So good fucking job, Vax and Boosted AF. And I'm just calling this person out because it's the one I saw on the news story. The tweets were plentiful, okay? Plentiful about slavery and racist this and racist that. That is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Every pop bitch, every pop girl gets carried around at some point by their security while they're wearing their stupid heels. Do we tell everyone that they're a racist? It doesn't make any sense to me. Obviously, if the people who work for him, his security, were bothered by the situation, they wouldn't be fucking laughing, and maybe they'd quit their job if he was treating them poorly. They look like they're having a great fucking time and that they're joking during their exchange. So I'm not sure what your problem is, okay? But you crazy people need to get a fucking grip. In the same story... I'm reading the tweets and I'm reading what's being reported because Jack Harlow has a song called Dua Lipa where he alludes to the fact that she's hot and he wants to bang her, okay? And they are claiming that this is disgusting and predatory and I saw someone say that it's basically rape. Excuse me, what? He wrote a song about how he wanted to sleep with her because she's hot, and that's basically rape? Did you not watch the Breakfast Club interview where they asked him if he had had any contact with her about the song and what her reaction was? And he literally tells them that he called Dua Lipa personally and played her the song to get her approval before he put it on the album and put the album out and furthermore says that if she wouldn't have been comfortable with it he would have scrapped it does that sound like rape sexual assault 
predatory behavior or something that needs to be labeled with a trigger warning to you, Jesus fucking Christ, get a grip. I want to know how many of these people are over the age of 18. Better yet, 25, because that's when your brain is fully fucking formed. Obviously, we are dealing with a bunch of teenagers who have no fucking idea what the full front of their brain does. <laughs> is it the front that fully develops? I don't know. I think I stunted mine. I don't think mine is fully developed. Anyway, this is fucking bullshit. And in all seriousness, it pisses me off when they do this shit with racism and when they do this shit with sexual assault and predatory behavior because it just gives people who doubt that those things are real and serious more fuel when you start accusing people of things like that for absolute ridiculous reasons. This is not a clown show, bitches. People really experience serious racism and things that are either traumatizing or put them in dangerous situations or both. People really experience serious sexual assault, actual rape, actual predatory behavior that damages them for the rest of their lives. So for you to sit here and act like it's okay to make a fucking mockery of it in this way is so ridiculous to me. And if you actually believe the words that are coming out of your vexed and boosted AF mouth and you think that this is really seriously part of the problem or whatever the fuck you say about it, that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. Crazy. Wait, before we go, can we talk about how during the Jack Harlow Breakfast Club interview, DJ Envy, bitch-ass DJ Envy, so much bitch behavior coming from him. So much bitch behavior all the time. I don't really care for him, but I especially haven't cared for him since the fucking Desus and Mero incident where he walked out of the interview because they said something about his wife on this show. His wife has Jada Pinkett Smithed him so hard. She's got him by the balls. Please stop yelling at everyone about your goddamn wife and what they can and can't say because you embarrass her by cheating on her and then exposing it to everyone actually his side bitch who I won't name because I love that bitch exposed him for everyone to see, okay? You embarrass the shit out of your wife. And now she is embarrassing the shit out of you by dragging you on this book tour where you guys expose all your secrets, including what he talked about on air, which he talks about in the book, which is that they've been together since they were 16. And for the first 10 years that they were together, she couldn't reach an orgasm. <laughs> Why the fuck are you admitting that in a book? Or on the radio. Do you think that doesn't make you look like you don't know what the fuck you do? I don't care. He's like, we had to learn each other's bodies. I had to learn her body. She had to learn her body. Bitch, what? You spent 10 years fucking this bitch and you didn't know how to get her to her boiling point for 10 fucking years? That's on you, sir. Okay, it really makes you sound like you're not putting on a show, like you're not putting on a performance, like the curtain is closed before the show begins, okay? So thank you, DJ Envy, for providing me <laughs> with my best laugh of the week. Oh, my God. And then you had the nerve to cheat on her? I understand you're in your 40s now, but after 10 years of her waiting to get a little diddle in her piddle, you fucking cheated on her and embarrassed her in the front of the world? I take it back. Good for you, bitch. Whatever your name is, Mrs. DJ Envy, you expose him on that book tour, okay? You expose all his secrets on that book tour. She said, you're going to cheat on me? I'm going to let everybody know that you don't know how to fuck anyway. <laughs> She said, you cheated on me, bitch, what? How long did it take you to saute the spinach on your side, bitch, ho? Huh? Give me a fucking break. Goodbye, DJ Envy. No game, have an ass, bitch. Maybe he really is gay. All those text messages that leaked just a couple years ago talking about him wanting to stick a dildo in his ass or whatever else he was fucking texting the other homosexual that was in the closet that he denied and pretend never happened. I bet it's true. No wonder why. He might not know how to flick a bean, but I bet he knows how to suck a peen. <laughs> Woo! That's the episode title. 
that might have been my best joke all week. All right, that's all I've got for you, bitches. I will see you next Wednesday for another episode of Pulse Pounding. As usual, make sure you're following the podcast Instagram at Pulse Pounding. Make sure you are subscribed or following on whatever your streaming service is. Make sure you leave a five-star review and a comment about how wonderful and incredible this show is and how much you enjoy finger blasting yourself to my jokes and commentary (laughs) because if you don't leave a five-star review you're a fucking rude ass nasty ass bitch if you were at the point if you were at the point of this podcast you're probably about an hour in and you are still listening to this voice this whiny ass voice and you have not given a five-star review what the fuck are you doing what are you doing goodbye (laughs) 